Hi, my name is Heather Brooks, and I am one of Living Waters Church's global workers in Malawi, Africa. So I'll be reading to you today from Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, and this is the Great Commission. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you. Thank you, Heather, for reminding us of the Great Commission. And that is on our minds and deep within our hearts. Uh, certainly as we begin these uh, next two Sundays together, talking about global work. It's in our hearts, it's in our minds, and the activity of global work is all around Living Waters Church, and we're interested in highlighting it, celebrating it, and being more, ever more informed. Um, we believe in global work. Uh, again, the Great Commission to uh, serve locally, uh, to serve provincially, nationally, and, and then to serve the countries of the world to make disciples. And Living Waters, for many, many, many years, has been actively involved relationally uh, and participating in global work. And that's no different today. Um, in these next uh, two weeks, we want to become better informed. Um, to be aware of what's happening because so many awesome things are happening. We want to be inspired to get involved individually and also to continue to appreciate all the great things that we can do together. So Living Waters really is in partnership with 10 families and uh, we are distributing this prayer card and information card uh, these next two weeks. If you'd like to have this sent to you electronically, just let us know, we can do this, or perhaps even stop by the church uh, during the week, and we'd be happy to uh, hand one of these to you so that we can all be equally informed and appreciate our global workers. So over the next two weeks, we want to introduce all 10 of our global workers to you. And we're going to do that through a few different ways. You're going to see some interviews with a few global workers. You're going to have a few global workers introduce themselves via video. But we're also going to take a few moments to introduce some of the global workers ourselves. So the first global workers I want to introduce you to are Dr. Chris and Heather Brooks. Heather just read the scripture for us. And they work with a ministry called Lifeline Malawi. Years ago, uh, Chris went to Malawi with a few supplies and essentially the clothes on his back simply to serve and be God's hands to the people there. Today, there's a medical clinic that exists that serves thousands of people every single month. What a beautiful example of ministry. Not only do they serve uh, medically and serve the physical body, but they serve holistically, so they serve spiritually as well. Hey, another great family are the Wiley, Zach and Megan Wiley. They've got three awesome kids. They're a lot of fun. And uh, if you know them, we know that's to be so true. Uh, Mac and, um, Zach and Megan uh, used to attend Living Waters Church. And it was through, uh, yeah, through those good days of their involvement here, uh, they felt uh, an interest to move to Thailand. And they've transitioned and lived there for many, many years and are serving so responsibly. And it's so exciting uh, to see how they're uh, helping so many people and doing it in such a practical way. That work is done through an organization called Imagine Thailand. And that uh, they live in Bangkok, but yet have concerns for building strong communities 
in Thailand. And so that expresses itself very, very practically on the ground, involved in people's lives through food distribution, even through COVID, distributions of masks. They're involved in tutoring, they're a partnership with local businesses and the trades. Uh, and just recently, uh, it was so great to hear uh, that they've been involved in a church plant in Southern Thailand. It is so awesome to see this young family involved in so many beautiful ways. And we're a part of that story. Megan's involved in maternal care and uh, what a practical and much needed uh, ministry of care and helps uh, with the people of Thailand. COVID has played a, a, taken a strong toll as we hear updates about the country of Thailand and how that has affected the nation. Uh, we, we are wise to pray for this country as they find their way in these troubling and difficult times. Another one of our global workers is David Thormset. David has spent years with Wycliffe Canada translating scripture into first languages. Uh, he and his wife, Henny, spent years in Cameroon translating scriptures, which is a beautiful ministry. More recently, David now lives in Calgary, working with Wycliffe Canada to make sure translation happens around the globe. Now, on a sad note, his wife, Henny, passed away last May after five month battle with cancer. So we can continue to pray for David as he continues to mourn, but also as he steps back into ministry to see uh, scripture translated throughout the globe. What a beautiful ministry he has. We've got some great friends that are serving around the <laughs> world. I, I just continue to be so impressed and thankful uh, for people that uh, global workers have chosen a sacrificial path and uh, but doing it with joy and with a great passion and being responsible to, to God's call upon their life and how good to have these friends uh, serving around the world. The final couple um, is Darcy and Leah McAllister. Uh, for so many years, uh, they've been actively involved in Living Waters Church. Um, not too long ago, they transitioned to Asia and are doing awesome things there. And uh, they're gonna introduce themselves by way of a video. So let's, uh, let's observe and celebrate together. Hey Living Waters, it's Darcy and Leanne coming to you from Asia. We spend half of our year in Asia, half of our year in Canada, and currently we are in Asia. We are. So uh, thank you. Thank you for your support, your prayers. And we want to let you know that we do four things. <laughs> well, there's probably more than four, but four main things. First of all, we do Zoe Network, which was actually birthed in Living Waters and has since become kind of a global thing as we really um, uh, activate people to participate in God's mission. And so we're so grateful that it had its start at Living Waters yeah. and it's gone global. Yeah. So. Num number two is we work with the historical mission here in Asia, working with colleges, schools, and churches. And it's it's lots of diverse work working yeah. with, with leaders. Sometimes we don't know what we're doing, but don't tell anyone. Anyway, thirdly, we work with leaders as God just um, brings them into our path. Um, leaders here in Asia where we can come alongside and do some coaching, encouragement. Yeah, so that's just been a joy. It's been amazing to see who God has brought uh, yeah. in our path and how we've been able to help. Mm -hmm. The fourth one is we work with marriages yeah. and marriage ministry and marriage mentoring. Because we've been married for 32 years and in the last year we did six quarantines together. And, uh, and like, we, let's just 
sit with that for a moment. But the worst one was last January when we did 21 days in a hotel room without leaving. And because we still love each other at the end of that, I think... I think we're qualified to talk about marriage. <laughs> and it's a, a huge need here in Asia yeah, where uh, super high divorce rates mm -hmm. and super high stress on marriage. Yeah. And so we've been able to come alongside and, and help churches yeah. and ministries with that. And yeah. it is good. So good. Thank you. We invite you to be involved at Global Work here at Living Waters. There's a few ways to do that, even though not many of us are traveling internationally these days. Uh, this support happens in three main ways, through prayer, through building community, and through finances. So to pray for our global workers, we do want to provide resources. And one of those is this card uh, that we hope to get into your hands or to get to you digitally so that you can put it in a place that will remind you to pray. If you have the physical card, you can put that on your fridge at home or tuck it into your Bible just to remind you to pray for our global workers. To build community, we would encourage you, if there is one or two or three or 10 of our global workers that really inspire you, we would encourage you to send them an email and ask them to add you to their email list. Every one of our global workers sends out regular updates to, to let their supporters know what's happening in their ministry. And that will help us uh, not only build community with our global workers, but also help us to pray even more effectively for what's happening in their specific ministry. And the third way is through finances. You can give through Living Waters by simply designating your giving to global work. And that money will go to supporting our 10 global workers, but also any money that goes above our support for our global workers will go to projects throughout the world. Many of those projects uh, connected to the ministries of our global workers. So those are the three ways that we can be involved in global work here at Living Waters and seeing the gospel go to all people. One of the ways over the years we've um, determined to become informed is to actually hear uh, personally uh, from our global workers, even beyond some of the reporting. And so I'm happy today to introduce an interview that Ryan has had with Amber Price. And following uh, Ryan's interview with her, uh, we're gonna actually hear uh, Amber share some thoughts on scripture that I believe will be helpful uh, to us and um, yeah, lead us to a good place with the Lord today. Amber, it is so good to have you here with us. Thank you for taking the time to be with us here today. We're gonna take about five minutes, Amber, and I'm just gonna ask you a few questions. Uh, our community uh, knows you, a lot of us, but some of us aren't so aware of your ministry and who you are. So we're gonna take about five minutes to get to know you a little bit. And then I've asked you to give us a scriptural reflection for about 10 minutes. So we're gonna go through, yeah. through that. That sounds good to you? Yeah, that's awesome. Wonderful. So Amber, uh, because some of our community hasn't gotten to know uh, you all that well, why don't you take a few minutes and just tell us about what it is in Thailand that you guys do? Sure. So just as by way of introduction, so it's myself and my husband, Matthew, and uh, we have four kids, Jackson, Bella, Ren, and Izel, and they range between 10 and almost two years old. So it's a very full and busy home experience for us. Um, and we've been here in Bangkok, Thailand for almost or five and a half years now. 
although the last two years do seem like a little bit of a blur as they do for everybody. Um, and so we are here mainly, so we have two kind of very different job descriptions, uh, but Matthew works with CCP, which is Child Care Plus. And so he heads the team here in Thailand and they're involved in ensuring that kids in rural communities are able to continue their education. So that's the main focus of what he does. And then up until the pandemic, I was co-leading a program called Impact School of Missions, uh, which trained young adult leaders to go into volunteer positions around Southeast Asia. Uh, but then the pandemic hit and travel and borders closed completely. Oh no, I'm so sorry, one second. Travel closed completely here in Thailand. And so my job basically ended. And uh, yeah, the, the overused word of pivot, <laughs> um, I, had to, I had to adjust. Now, at the same time, we also had our fourth child. And so she was born here right before that, of the, the pandemic happened. And uh, so, you know, obviously with the new baby and stuff, it's time to adjust. And for me, that looks like being realistic about the fact of having four kids at home that are under 10 years old. And uh, so that takes some time and effort. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to scale back a little bit. Um, but during this time together, Matthew and I have really had the opportunity to focus on urban refugees. So that has been our like pandemic focus. And there is, there's no covering here in Thailand for refugees. It's a really difficult, um, to be honest, scary life for them. And uh, so we've been able to kind of step in and yeah, whether it's helping to provide food, really supporting families uh that are uh that are stuck here and and really they have them stuck you know so many are in process to be resettled to places but all that stopped because of the pandemic and uh so now as things are beginning to open again we're helping to resettle uh, we've actually said goodbye to two families and they've gone to canada in the last uh maybe two months and we have another friend here that's about to resettle to australia so it's just been yeah it's been a really amazing thing that we've stepped into that wasn't part of our original, you know, job description or plan. That's amazing. So good to hear that so many things are happening ever. Now, in the midst of all that, I want to ask this specifically to you, because we have you, not your children, not Matthew. How do we pray for you specifically, Amber, uh, in the midst of all that you have going on? How do we as a community support you by praying for you? Um, it's probably not that dissimilar to how all moms <laughs> want to be prayed for. You know, it, it's tiring. It is, it's, it's tiring. Um, obviously, you're trying to lead kids in this time, because that's what we do as moms, right? We lead. Uh, you're trying to lead your children and your families through something that's unknown. It's, it's exhausting. Uh, and then I think for me, I also always feel this tug towards things that I really want to be involved in that are not in our home. And I think I'm not sure about that whole idea of balance, like if it really exists, but that idea of how, how do I serve my family well and how do I serve my community well and, and then not end up totally depleted in the midst of all of that. Right. And um, I do think that that just has to be like, God's provision because <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I, I don't know how to do it well. And so for me specifically, I think because I have that strong draw outside of our home too, to find a contentedness in whatever it is that I'm putting my hand to, I, I think I struggle with that sometimes. 
that would be like a really specific to me thing. That's wonderful. That's one thing we can do in partnering with you other than finances, but to step into prayer. And that's wonderful for us to be able to pray for you specifically in that way. That's awesome. Thanks for being vulnerable with that and and sharing. Okay. Just in, in one sentence or two sentences, as you look towards 2022, what are you hoping that God is going to do in 2022 for, for your ministry in Thailand? Um, The divine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the divine and uh, you know really here in Thailand um, you don't have to convince anybody that the that the spiritual world exists and so much of people's encounter with God is through the miraculous and so that we would believe for that that we would see that um, uh, and that in some ways that we would be that for people whether they're you know friends or refugee folks that we're working with neighbors whatever it is um, yeah the divine and the miraculous so good we will be praying for that that you see that happen now amber i've asked if you'd share uh for about 10 minutes on the topic of gospel for all people so i'm going to ask if you do that i'm going to change the screen here so that uh, we can see you better but if you go ahead and share with us that would be wonderful yeah so this idea of gospel for all people. Um, yeah, I was like mulling it over after I had read Pastor Ryan's email and uh, I was scrolling through Twitter and I came across something that a pastor friend of ours in Ottawa had tweeted. Um, so it's from a professor at Yale uh, and his name is Willie Jennings. And he says this, he says, is um, the disciples of Jesus rarely, if ever, go where they want to go or to whom they would want to go. Indeed, the spirit seems to always be pressing the disciples to go to those to whom they would in fact strongly prefer never to share space or a meal and definitely not life together. And so I was scrolling and I read this and I was like, oh, that's funny, but it's true. Um, Like it really, it made me stop and it made me think of like, oh man, like we just hate being uncomfortable, right? And as humans, we love to surround ourselves with people that are like us and think like us and look like us and are interested in the same thing. Um, so with this idea of gospel for all people, um, you know, when we look at the, the Great Commission, okay, so that's our like stereotypical Mission Sunday um, scripture. But, you know, when you take a look at it again, this is from the Passion Translation that says, now wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, all people. And goes on to say, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you. And I think about that, like, faithfully follow, like, that takes time and it takes intentionality. This is not uh, having people, like, pray a sinner's prayer. Like, what God has called us to is truly, like, a, a time-consuming task. Of, of discipleship and, and, and teaching people to, to, to follow him and to know him. Um, so when we think about like the gospel for all people, I feel like okay, we have to strip that back and start kind of with the basics of like, okay, what is the gospel? And you know, that's, that's the good news of Jesus. That's, that is Jesus. He is the good news uh, personified. And, and so then what I love about Jesus, if we look through scripture or his life, Rather, if he always gives us an example, 
Um, and so when we look to him, like we see what we need to do. And so let's look at Jesus. So he, he comes, he begins his ministry, and he begins to gather people around himself. And so he has fishermen. These are hardworking men, maybe not educated, super educated, but, you know, these are hardworking dudes. And so there's a, a number of fishermen in his crew. And, and then there's some tax collectors and uh, Simon, the, the, who's called the zealot and a thief. And it's funny because, you know, I've read these scriptures my whole life, right? But I've never really like, okay, Simon the zealot, like, what does that mean? Um, so like dug into that a little bit. So the tax collectors, okay, these are Jews who are working for the oppressive Roman government, collecting money from other Jews. So like they are, they're really hated. I mean, nobody likes paying huge taxes anyway, still today, right? But these guys are really not liked by everybody. And Jesus goes, yeah, I'm going to put a tax collector with all these hardworking fishermen. Okay, so that's not going to be a natural fit. Then we have Simon the Zealot. Now, a zealot at that time was a political activist who worked to incite riots amongst the Jews to overthrow the Roman government. Okay, so there's that. And then we have Judas. We all know the story of Judas, right? So he betrays Jesus. He's, you know, a thief. And, and this is who Jesus puts together and thinks, yes, this is going to be good. <laughs> and, you know, it, it really resonated with me of like, oh, yeah, that, that is not, it's not easy. This was not a group of guys who would naturally bond and hang out. Um, you know, and then it goes on. Matthew 9, verse 10. It it tells the story of this party that Matthew, the tax collector, throws. Now, remember, he's wealthy. He throws and invites all of his tax collector buddies and Jesus. Like, Jesus was a carpenter. He was a, like, a hardworking, simple dude. And, and now he's with, you know, these hated but very wealthy, you know, probably a little bit self-centered individuals. And this is where Jesus finds himself. And I'm like, it's just, it's so incredible to me because we love to be comfortable. As humans, we love to be comfortable. And like, that would not have been a comfortable experience. So, you know, in kind of in summary of that, like Jesus, he's the gospel personified. He draws a bunch of people that don't look like him, don't have the same jobs, probably don't have the same political stances, don't, don't think similarly brings them together he befriends them he draws them close he learns to love them and learns to share like teaches them to love each other um and then sends them out to replicate the experience and then we are told to do it as well and what i love to think about in that is like jesus yes he is god but he is fully human so he also would have experienced like awkward moments like tension um fear uh, like uncomfortable things like he 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 was fully human he would have experienced all those things but his love for these men and i guess the greater purpose of his life was able to overcome those things and so then i think about okay where does that where does that leave us um i think for a long time missions it was easy to focus on the like oh this is a, a small group of people that go to another country Right. And that was kind of the, the idea. And we've moved away from that significantly over the last you know, number of years, um, especially in Canada now. Uh, like the, the world has come to us, to you, 
uh, in Canada. And additionally, Canada and I would say most of Europe is probably considered post-Christian. And, you know, there, there can't be the assumption anymore that people have had exposure to who Jesus is or to, to the gospel message. Uh, or, you know, that maybe growing up, they were, they had gone to a Sunday school or a camp or something. Like, we can't make that assumption anymore. People genuinely don't know who Jesus is. They might have heard of Christians, but they don't know the, the, the meaning behind it. They don't know the story. Um, you know, and then we also, we've got huge amounts of immigrants that have come to Canada who have extremely different existences than the, the traditional Canadian kind of experience. So there's a lot of opportunity in Canada and, uh, and the all people, like it's, it's right, it's right there. Um, it's, it's in your communities, it's your neighbor. And, uh, yeah, there are, there's, there's just, there's a lot of need. I think additionally, and this is something that I've struggled with, um, when people find out you're Christian now, there isn't necessarily a positive connotation to that, especially from the last two years. Um, I think that, that there's a lot of people that hear Christian and, and, and think of some really negative things. And so on an individual level, we have the opportunity to combat that and to change that. Uh, but I can understand how you may sit there and I mean, I, I feel here. And when somebody finds out I'm Christian, uh, like I feel a bit like uh, a bit of fear of like how they may respond. Um, for me, like the word missionary, you know, I know we're, we call ourselves global workers officially. Here in Thailand, they throw missionary around all the time. And I can just feel myself being like, ah, like don't use that word <laughs> uh, because I'm so... I'm so aware of the negative connotations that come with that word now. And, uh, and yeah, I have felt that even towards the word Christian. Um, and so overcoming that fear to, to share who Jesus is, is legit. And it, it's hard. We also have like this digital age that we're in where algorithms are just feeding back to us, like more and more of what looks already like us. Um, that is compounding our own belief system uh, and that it's showing people that only look like us or think like us, talk like us. And so, yeah, it can feel really, really hard, I think, to, to be the gospel and to share the gospel to, to all people. Some of that because all people aren't being shown back to us. We have to be very deliberate to move beyond our own circle. Um, John 13, 35 tells us that People will know we are followers of Christ by the way we love. It's, it's so clear. They're not going to know we are followers of Christ by what we rally against or stand up against or hate most. Or They know us by our love. And that's powerful. And I think that that has been forgotten um, by me sometimes too. Mark 12, 30 to 31 commands us to love God and then love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And like we love ourselves a lot most of the time. So that's a, that's a, it's a big statement. I have written here that it's simple. It's super simple. Like the command is simple, love people, but that's not easy. I think especially now it's, it's not easy. 
simple doesn't mean easy. In fact, I think in this case, loving people can be really hard. Um, but I'll take you back kind of to like where I began of like Jesus chose to spend his days loving a religious zealot who was trying to overthrow the Roman Empire, a thief who he knew would betray him, tax collectors that society hated, and a bunch of uneducated but hardworking fishermen. I doubt that this was easy. It was simple, but it was not easy. But love was what overcame that. And so I really, like our world and our country is desperate, <laughs> desperate for love right now, desperate to, to feel connected, to be in community. And it is through being connected and being community and genuinely knowing people that then you are able to share like the gospel and who Jesus was. But if you aren't connected and you don't know people and you're in an insular bubble that looks exactly like you and things like you, like that, that's not going to happen. And uh, yeah. And so I know that it can be awkward, <laughs> you know, that when like there's new neighbors down the street and like, to do like the stereotypical like walk down the street and here's some flowers or here's cookies or a casserole like it can feel uncomfortable especially like what I think sometimes we underestimate that gift of hospitality that some people have where it's so natural but for many of us like those first conversations are uncomfortable and they're awkward um and I I think I take solace knowing like it was probably awkward for Jesus too sometimes <laughs> but that love overcomes that and so my encouragement to all of you and the reminder for myself is really how important it is to push ourselves beyond what is comfortable and what is known, um, to be open and willing to hear and be surrounded by people that don't think like us, look like us, believe what we believe, uh, and get to know people genuinely and, and start loving people well. Um, and through that, through that very simple but not easy task, uh, I really believe that we are able to to bring the gospel and, and to change lives. You know, and no, no one person is going to change the world, but we can change that that one person's world and and be what they need. And uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not a it's not a, a, a an easy thing to do, but it is very simple. It's very straightforward. And so let's go and, and be that, be the gospel to all people, to our neighbors and to those that are really desperate for connection and desperate for that love. Amber, thank you so much for being willing to give us a word today and for spending some time with us. It's so good to yeah. see you. It's so good yeah, to be too. able to have a conversation together and know from us here at Living Waters and pass this on to the kids and to Matthew. We love you guys deeply. You are us in Thailand and we love you. We're praying for you. We're behind Thank you. you and, and we're so honored that you were willing to take the time to be with us today. So have a wonderful week and we are praying for you. God bless. Thank you.